morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time it is that you guys are listening to this. I'm glad you're back as we are continuing our daily devotional. And this time we are on First Peter, back in the New Testament, guys. We are back to studying in the New. Man, I love the New Testament. I love the Old Testament. I love both Testaments. A unified body which helps us to live, grow, know more about who God is and how to live our lives. So, yeah, it's awesome. And I am enjoying it. But uh, again, we're back on the New Testament in First Peter. I'll give you a little background because in order for us to really study it, we got to know a little bit about it, man. I know I said you pick up your Bible, you just read it. Definitely so. But it's always good to just know a little bit about what you're reading because you got to read it in this historical context. You got to read it um, on the people and whom he wrote it to, and then uh, then that's whenever you can do your. Uh, your uh, exegesis, which is a big term for reading through what the scripture actually says, because the first idea is that we want to read it for what it actually says, what is actually being said. And then we can go on to see who God is, who man is and how we could apply it to our lives. But to read what it actually says, we got to know who it's from. We got to know what genre it's in, which is like a epistle or a narrative or a um prophetic or poetry you just gotta know you know so i'm gonna go through it a little bit here the first one thing we know is this, it's a letter that it is an epistle and so letters are written certain ways they have an opening then they have a thanksgiving then they have a body and then they have a close and we'll go through that as we read it to see how peter is framing his words for these people and the author is peter Who's writing the letter? Peter. Peter is the apostle, the preeminent apostle. A lot of people believe he is the the um, the greatest apostle because he was given the kings to the kingdom, man. He was the, the number one. That's why when they talk about Peter, sometimes they often say Peter and the 12 um, because he is he's the guy. He's the guy. And who is Peter writing to? Well, uh, he's writing from Rome and he's writing to Christians that are spread out through um, the Asia area. And I believe that it is the, um, um, not Jewish Christians, but uh, I guess uh, not Greek, but Gentile Christians. It is the Gentile Christians whom he is writing to. So when he writes about certain things and he's going to talk to them as Gentiles uh, rather than having a Jewish background. I think that's it. I think that's all we... Oh, I'll give a little overview of the book. So why is Peter writing? Well, he's writing because there is persecution that is breaking out where he's at. And he's trying to give them hope, courage, and strength to endure during the persecution. And then how to actually act uh, in the face of persecution. So that's what we're going to see a whole lot. So if you're going through a lot, you're struggling. Bro, I tell you what, Ruth was about struggling, and now we're seeing... Uh, First Peter's about struggling, man. God's in control. I want to say that right now. God is in control. So if you are um, going through something right now, remember, God is control. God is in control. But, uh, yeah, he's writing to some people about struggling and how they can get through it and relying on the the, uh, the saving grace of Jesus and how they should act in regards to that. So let's bust it open. We won't go long because I talked a little bit, a lot about the opening and, and what they're writing it for. But we'll just uh, read a couple of verses here. 1 through 2, 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithyania. Sorry about all that pronunciation, guys. 
according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Christ Jesus and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. So Peter is, um, this is the introduction uh, of the letter. He's saying who he is and who he's writing to. Uh, that's usually standard for all epistles. It just says who uh, is writing and who he's writing to. And then they have a, a, a certain like a, a hello, like a what's up that they say. And that's what Peter's doing. He said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus, to those are the elect exiles of the dispersion. And then he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So those are the um, those are the components of an introduction. He says, I'm Peter. I'm writing to you, the elect or Christians in uh, scattered out in Asia. And then uh, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. What's up, guys? What's going down? What does it say about God? Well, we already know this has a very, very rich and deep Trinitarian feel to it. And when I say Trinitarian feel, I mean that it has the Father. It says the knowledge of God and the Father. And then it says the sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience to Christ. And it's not only that he mentions all three persons of the Trinity, but he also gives a um, direct relationship that we have to them, like the roles in which they play in our salvation, in our life. He says, uh, uh, he says they're elect because of the foreknowledge of God the Father. So we are elect because God has chosen us. It is because the Father has loved us with such a love that he would pull us to himself. That's what foreknowledge love. That's what foreknowledge means. Knowing in scripture is often used as a term of love and a special type of relationship. An example is used in, uh, uh, it says that Adam knew Eve. And it's not the new in which, hey, yo, uh, like, I know that brother. I know that sister. It's an intimate knowing. It's a, uh, uh, the Adam knew Eve and had uh, Abel. So it's an intimacy. And so for meaning before and no understanding as a love, an intimate love. It says that because he loved us beforehand, before we did anything, before we knew anything, acted any way, the father loved us. And because he loved us, he elected us to his family. He called us to himself. And then it says in the sanctification of the spirit. So saying that is by uh, his foreknowledge that he has called us to be elect. And it is his spirit which is creating in us a new creation. That we're not the old that we used to be, dead in sin, rotting in uh, evil. But we are being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And for the obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. It is so that we can obey Christ, that we can follow Christ, that we can live in Christ. Because we can't do it on our own. There is no way. But because God elected us, then he gave us a spirit that would move us to look just like Jesus. And the way he did that was the sprinkling of his blood, the sacrifice that he made on the cross. Uh, if you look at Romans chapter 8, I think it's verse 29, it says, Those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. 
And that's basically what he's saying. He says he's elected you because he loved you beforehand. And he gave you a spirit in order that you might be transformed to the person of Jesus Christ. That the way you walk, talk, act, and live would be the image of Christ. And that is that that image of God that that was given to us originally, that it is going to be transformed back to that image. Not that we lost it, but that it has been significantly marred. But God is healing it. Actually, he's just making it new. He's transforming it into what it was from the very beginning. Well, I appreciate you guys. Oh, I didn't even uh, talk about what does it say about man. Well, it says that as a Christian, you're called to him. That God had loved you before the foundations of the earth. That God has cared for you from the foundations of the earth. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. What does it say about or how can I apply it to my life? Well, obviously, man, that is the gospel. And I need to preach the gospel to myself all the time, that God loved me even before I did anything. And because he loved me before I even did anything, that means there's nothing I can do for him to take it away. Because you know why? He already knew what I was going to (laughs) do. And so because he already knew, then that means that I can live for him regardless. Now, there's a caveat with that, and that caveat is is that God gave me a spirit, and so I'm not going to do wrong. I'm not going to sin. Now, I say that as saying that uh, the desires of my heart have been transformed and conformed and moved to what uh, the image of Christ is going to be for the obedience of Christ. And so I have to remind myself daily of the goodness that God has done for me and that I can rest in his salvation and be loved by him. And because of that, man, my life is forever changed. I appreciate you guys for listening, man. I, I hope that uh, you take this scripture and apply it to your life. Realize the beauty of the Trinitarian God and how each person of the Trinity moves us in our salvation, moves us to be more like Christ. It's a beautiful thing, guys. Hope to see you guys tomorrow.